Hey, Josh. Hi, Justin. What episode is this? Three? Four? Uh, four. This is four. So uh, we're down the street where we're rather decent at pretty good in games. That was good. I like that one. What? What? We're pretty good at <laughs> games, right? Pretty okay, not pretty good. Oh, pretty okay. That's what it is. That's what the name of this podcast is, right? P- pretty okay. I think the most interesting thing about this podcast is going to be how we continue to pretend to make jokes about pretty okay. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? If you every episode, if you start searching the name of the podcast on any service, you start getting some really interesting uh, podcasts. So I'm curious how this is going to work out for everybody. Anyways. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who apparently use Pretty Okay in various ways, so. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Hi, how are you? I'm good, Welcome how are you? to this week. <laughs> it's just another week, you know, starting life, wondering wondering about certain games coming out, and I'm fine, I guess. Nothing really too I mean, exciting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've been playing a lot of um, Link's Awakening Ooh, on the 3DS. Classic. Still, while still playing Samus Returns and Gears of War, so that's a pretty big uh, oh, spectrum. Gears of War. <laughs> I mean, that's two. Well, yeah, two completely different styles of gameplay and genres and time periods. But hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, it's. Uh, I love all all of them so much. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame you. I did, thanks to you, pick up Gears of War four for a whopping dollar and like 29 cents so yeah, i'm super excited to play that co-op i i love co-op in gears of war that's one of the main reasons i think i said that last week i don't need to repeat myself it's awesome yeah so i'm looking forward to playing that i have been playing actually i haven't i didn't play a video game at all holy cow in over a week so that's a problem i've been kind of busy with life you know things happen um but I probably shouldn't admit any of that on our podcast for video games. Yeah, well, <laughs> listen here. I I have a problem that with reading books and playing video games. It's like my life. Not really a problem, all joking aside. No, it's really not. It's just uh, the luxuries of having free time. And the free time I spend is either reading books, playing video games, or spending time with my wife. So, And my cat. Wow, this is turning out to be a really good start. Anyways, <laughs> add the cat in it just it's perfect. <laughs> I'm Pretty a perfect. crazy cat dude. Um, but no, I I think this week for sure weekend we're going to play some gears. I'm probably going to start playing a little bit more of Halo Wars too cuz I've been dying to, to get back into that. And um yeah, probably some Smash in between because it's been over a month since I played Smash and I'm I'm dying to get back to the quest of getting all the characters cuz I still didn't finish doing that yet. Hey, something that happened <laughs> Oh, a couple weeks ago yeah, now, um, Blizzard put Diablo 1 on Good Old Games. What? Are you familiar with Good Old, Ga- Good Old Games? Isn't that... GoodOldGames.com? Isn't that like some discounted gaming service or so, of some sort? I remember you've recommended it to me in the past, and I... No, no. So they take older games, which usually are called classics or something around mm, that nature like over 10 which, years <laughs> yeah i mean like as time goes on obviously it's like the oldies on the radio do they still make radio oldies on the radio where like you know the oldies are now like the 70s <laughs> which is sad because that no, i'm not going to comment on that but yeah yeah anyway anyway so uh uh goodoldgames.com it's g-o-g.com 
they take older games and they sell them kind of like Steam does, but they sell them DRM free. So you buy the game and then you own the game and they also keep the game on your account, but you can download it at any time DRM free. So that's the thrust and Blizzard put Diablo 1 on there for 10 bucks, which is awesome because I certainly can't find my disc anymore. <laughs> what is a disc? I, had it. I don't understand. What are those? Right? Exactly. And who wants to fiddle with that? For $10, you can have the whole game, and it is a masterpiece. I love that game. So funny story. Um, the When I purchased back when I had a tower, which is a sad day. Anyways, uh, I had purchased or received gear, uh, no GTA Five, and I bought it because Target was having one of those crazy deals where you buy two, get one free video games. And I went in and bought Dishonored. Overwatch and uh wow Dishonored Overwatch and what's it called what were we just talking about <laughs> Diablo no Dishonored Gears of War Overwatch GTA 5 and it came with two DVDs which is pretty big and I was like yeah I can't wait to play it and then I realized wait a second my tower doesn't have a DVD player. I got rid of that three years ago. Oh, wow. So I had to go find, I think I might have borrowed it from you. No, I didn't borrow it from you yet. I had Jerry rigged an old CD player I had uh, and had to you know, like string up a SATA cable and power cable out of the, the actual tower and to install it because for whatever reason, uh, we weren't allowed to create a digital version and use the CD key. Um, but eventually I found out you could, and it was already too late. So anyways, it was a great time. The trials and tribulations of modern technology. Yeah. But Diablo, ten, uh, Diablo one on 10 or on GOG for 10 bucks is not that bad. And I don't kill me, but I don't think I ever played Diablo one. I think I, played oh. Diablo I was going to ask. <laughs> gonna be my next question yeah diablo 2 i played but when i say played i watched somebody play and may or may not have played it on my own computer for a very short period of time but i know a lot of people even still today play diablo 2 oh yeah the um well and so diablo 2 is kind of polarizing so is diablo 3 diablo i 3 think is the huge. only thing that everybody agrees is that diablo 1 is fantastic yeah and it's it's don't get me wrong, it's an experience. It's not, it's very, very lonely, which is fantastic. Grindy, grindy, it's, grindy. Yeah, it's super grindy and hack and slashy, and you're all alone, and it's, ah, oh, it's such a great game. I've played so many hours of that game, and each section is just a whole different new level of crazy, so it's it's a fantastic game. It's also my personal first game online that I played. And the first time I ran into online gamers and how terrible they are. Hmm. I think I'm trying to think back. If we're on the this topic, that would probably would have been RuneScape for me, and that was that was free. That was most of my middle school life and high school was playing that game on the side. Eh. So a yeah. lot of people love that game. Yeah, it's and it was free and then you could pay for the subscription for to be a member which i think at the time was uh, something super cheap it was like 10 dollars or like 5 dollars or something and it opened it up to a lot of other things you could do which made the game a lot of fun but diablo uh i just uh, that was the same time i guess diablo was pretty big too i think diablo 2 was more or less the the game that people were playing alongside so i i just chose 
RuneScape, which are two, bear in mind, two completely different types of games, just to be clear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, big big difference. But, yeah, even on the website for Blizzard, they have it as uh, one of their top news articles saying Diablo now on GOG.com. Well, it's pretty huge, all things considered. You don't need Battle.net to play. You just buy yeah, the game big. and download it anywhere you want and play it. It's pretty pretty amazing that they actually did that and for ten dollars i think ten dollars is super fair i'd buy it again for ten bucks if i didn't have so many different things to play i'd probably have already bought it and be playing it now yeah you still have like that 300 400 games on steam that you need to play so so I, yeah uh, just a couple just just you know focus on that well that's cool that's exciting maybe i'll pick it up eventually i say eventually which probably usually means no but i like that yeah style probably yeah <laughs> It's just fun. I, I just we talked about this last episode, which feels like centuries ago, which really wasn't. Uh, yeah. About the grindiness of games, of certain games, and how, you know, at the time or at the time when we were younger, I dare I say, we enjoyed that more, and now it's less. We don't want to, to you know, sink in, you know, over fifty hours just to get the new battle axe. Like I just really don't want to do that. Well, but see, and this is now you're opening a different Pandora's box because that's a different type of grind that I would call out. So to me, when I say grindy games, I'm talking about a game where I'm trying to think of a great example. I guess World of Warcraft would be a good example. World of Warcraft is a good one. Yeah, we're like you, the only way to get to an objective is to grind your way through garbage that is uninteresting and not useful and really you could be doing something else while you're playing and then you get to that objective and now the rest of the game continues whereas I would say Diablo the difference being that that's the entire game it's not supposed to be a grind fest it's that you're you're delving into dungeons and just spending your time killing different things and hacking and slashing and exploring that's like the whole game so there's no objective to get to per se you're just pushing through the game, fighting more stuff, and delving deeper and deeper into the story. So, I don't know. It's To me, it's a very different beast. I'd still play that, although, to your point, it's not like I have the time to beat the game in a week anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, if I play it, it'd be half an hour here, hour there, and then eventually maybe get somewhere, maybe not, but that would be the joy. The joy is the the playing through all the different things. The storyline, and that's what I think, for me, World of Warcraft had a little bit of both worlds. It had the story campaign-ish, the main storyline or the, the well-thought-out campaign, and uh, you could play that, but you also could do a lot of the side quests and attack some of the, go through the dungeons and do those quests to get the, the nice drops, you pick up groups, yada yada. Uh, so it, that, I, that's, I think, why I spent so many hours playing world of world of warcraft because it had both um kind of those aspects those types of gameplay um but and it was world of warcraft i mean come on now yeah but i still somehow i don't know how to i don't know how to put it into words there's a different there's a difference in the grindiness and it's strange because you can play diablo in that way in that fashion where you're trying to go for a drop but that's not really the main thrust of the game like i think I don't know. I don't know how to define it. I'll have to think of it more because th- that's an interesting thing to discuss. Yeah. Would you think 
or would you say maybe that it has more of, of like a sentimental value to it? Uh, what I mean, uh, what I mean by this is because for me, I think the reason why I always tend to go back to World of Warcraft is because I played it so much when I was growing up, and just I loved that game and just everything about the game, and I had a lot of good memories from that. Do you think it has to play into why you're having a hard time describing? No, I don't. I see what you're saying, and and I think that's valuable to think about. Yeah. But let's maybe we could talk through talk it through here. Let's so, do it. I'm, I'm ready. So, Diablo, you jump into the game, and immediately you're just. Let's talk about the first game, really, just mm. to compare. Okay. So the first game, you're immediately in a town, and then you delve into that cathedral, and now you're moving through different levels of the cathedral, fighting monsters, pushing through, fighting or finding items rather, and then gearing up and going deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's the whole game. There's no, there's no, I mean, there's certainly bosses that you get, that you find on each of the various types of levels. Yeah. But that's not, it's the point of the game is to delve deeper and keep exploring, not necessarily to fight those end bosses. Although, I guess in order to move to the next section, you do have to finish the boss. But I'm trying to compare it in my head to like what I usually mean when I say a grindy game. Like I'm trying to think of like back in the Final Fantasy days where you weren't strong enough to tackle the next section of the game. Yeah. And now you have to spend an hour or so grinding through monsters and leveling up in the area surrounding where you really want to go. Yeah. To me, that's a different that's a different ask. That's asking the player to to almost mindlessly push through monsters in an area to get to the next part of the game they want to play. It's so it's so nuanced. The way I'm describing it, it sounds the same. <laughs> well, well cuz uh, I guess the way I would compare it is that RuneScape was I would define as a grindy game because you would from level you just described it like you could you have to level yourself up to beat the the next monster or boss or uh some beast or whatever you uh npc that you have to defeat to get their drop but also to get money you had to mine and farm the heck out of elm trees and like all the all these other things just to make money outside of the camp or the quests that you can do some of the pvp and and just the generic other little little mini games that they have going on so to me that is like the definition of a grindy game is the hours that you put into leveling yourself up to do the next task while also generating revenue for your character so yeah i agree and so that's what's hard i totally agree and i think that's the quint one of the quintessential grindy games did you hear the air quotes yeah um I, so maybe the difference is the attention aspect. I feel like when I say grindy game, and it's not to say that Diablo or Diablo 2 or Diablo 3 aren't grindy games, but there's a different level of grindy or attention to grindiness. And I'm just making stuff up. You're just saying but, things. Yeah, but like when you're when I'm saying grindy game and I'm thinking of a game where you're like mindlessly slogging through monsters in order to get to the next section or get the get enough level up enough to get to the next section to me that's somehow different than the way Diablo presented the grindiness or the hack and slash 
And I think that's the difference is that it's it certainly is pressing through monsters and exploring, but there's no even even on normal difficulty settings, it wasn't like a mindless thing. Like you always had to be on your game. You always had to be paying attention. Yeah. And because that was the main part of the game, you had to be being careful. You had to be pressing through the dungeon, but in systematic ways so that you're not getting killed every step of the way. Whereas when I'm saying grinding game, like, like take world of Warcraft Mm. or the old final fantasy games, okay, I need to get to the next section. Let me go right outside the town and spend an hour or two or, you know, it probably wasn't that long, 20 minutes, 30 minutes killing monsters to get to the right level and maybe gear up a little bit and then I can go to the next section. But you're not, it's not like you're in danger or anything. It's just, you just have to do this task in order to get to the next part. Yeah, you have to do the task to get to the next interesting part. Whereas... Diablo, the whole grindy hack and slash part of it is the interesting part. That's the main focus of the game. Yeah. Well, those, I think I, I'm trying to think if right now there's less of those games out there. Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I Well, yes, I feel maybe. like there's a lot of them in the indie scene, but the mainstream, I feel like, has a... And this is, this is totally anecdotal, and I'm overgeneralizing all the things. Mm. However... My general feeling is that the mainstream has no patience for that kind of thing and is really their attention span is much shorter. So you need to get to you need to be Gears of War, right? Gears of War. There's no in between. It's just linear. You're just continually in the action. Yeah. And the story is being told in the middle of all that. So, of course, I love it for that. But that's I mean, that's pretty quintessential of exactly what I'm talking about. That's. That's your your moment to moment has nothing to do with these story beats. Your moment to moment is always action, always on, mm. no wasted time. Right. And I feel like most of the industry is leaning that way. Yeah, stay up with the times. I think that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just no, of course not. You've got to make money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I I think that's why we always also go back to those games and are like, oh yeah, look, Diablo's out for sale, or look at this. There's a bundle here, and you can get a game that I spent hours in and get it for cheap. And then you go back in. There's still probably those same people you're grinding with are still playing because they just can't itch. You know, like tickle that fancy. They keep they still have that itch to play that type of gameplay, and um, there's just less to to choose from nowadays but as as we move forward maybe there's going to be here games here and there there's still aspects in games that come out i mean uh, you still have that concept for any role play game that or rpg that comes out uh in skyrim you couldn't just go pick up a sword and go attack a dragon and expect to to win you had to build yourself up get the right if you went the magic way or if you went the more warrior way, get your archery up, and there's all sorts of things. So, I don't know. We'll see. Have you... I'm going to change subject here okay, cool. a little bit. Have you ever heard of the GM toolkit? Or Game Maker's toolkit, I should say? No. Besides what you had messaged me earlier. But no, I've never heard of that. What is it? So, it's a YouTube channel. And they produce a series called Boss Keys. And I just want to kind of plug it, even though they're not paying us. <laughs> huh. uh, they, it's this, I think it's one guy and maybe a friend or two. I don't know. 
but he does this great video series where he does all this research on specific games and breaks down the gameplay mechanics and the various parts of the game. Um, recently, he's done Metroid Prime. Yes. Yeah, and that. he's done many of them on Metroid, all the various Metroid games over the years. His breakdown on those games, especially, is absolutely fantastic. So if you have a chance to watch boss keys on the game makers toolkit it's it's so well done and the whole thrust i think of the channel is to kind of teach potential developers some of the basics at least of various gameplay aspects and why you would choose to do one part of design versus the other when making a game and the choices that some very popular games have made and why so that you can kind of understand it's really, it's really, really well done, and he does a lot of research for each video he produces, and uh, so I would recommend that for sure. Hmm. Would this be something that that can be used for RPG, like or what am I? I'm like uh, Dungeons and Dragons or games like that. Is is that something that people can learn from, or because I I thought that's what you were referring to at, when you had mentioned to me earlier today oh so no this is specifically for video games okay. so this is it's kind of confusing with the gm part of it they call it the gmtk but yeah it's it actually has nothing to do with role-playing games it's really just video games and he breaks down all the games over the years gotcha. that have done amazing things and pushed the industry forward right and um how people can so and he's done part. zelda games and metroid games and i think some others but his breakdowns are fantastic gotcha i just was trying to figure out if there's a tie to what we were talking about <laughs> earlier uh in the day well that's cool we'll have to take a look after this i was looking and uh, the first thing that did pop up like you said was metroid prime so i'm i'm curious to see what that has to say yeah, I'm like ten minutes into that one. I haven't um, How long been back they? to his channel in a little while. Are they like pretty uh, long episodes? Or yeah, I think I'm actually five minutes into that one. That one's a twenty minute episode. They're oh. not very long. Gotcha. Well, I have another topic I want to jump into. I kind of already alluded to this. Yeah, sure. Um, so today, uh, March twenty ninth, or wow, March nineteenth, not twenty ninth. I don't want to jump that far ahead. Uh, March nineteenth, Google had a. Uh, conference or uh, presentation on their new gaming service it's a streaming service called google stadia um releasing sometime in 2019 uh it's it's this that's yet another and i say yet another but yeah it's another gaming service out there for people who need to stream games and i say need because possibly they one can't afford a device to stream to play the games naturally or they simply see this as an easier way of uh opening themselves up to other triple a games that they can't play on like a ps4 that's an xbox exclusive things like that uh so i'm curious about this as a whole because of somebody or for a person like me who only has a switch and used to own two devices to play you know hardcore video games or play more uh religiously i guess uh i i see this as an opportunity for me to stream a game that i've been wanting to play without having to drop 
another $400 just to get up to speed again. Um, so I, I'm kind of hoping this actually becomes something more than just what Google typically does and creates a service. Everybody jumps on board or there's a lot of people that jumps on, jump on board and then they just get rid of it two, three years down the line or it becomes obsolete. So uh, did you see anything on this? I saw the announcement. I I didn't really read much about what the details were on what yeah. they were offering. Do you know any of that? Yeah, so they you can stream this technically on any device. That One of their biggest selling point was that you can literally pick up the worst. They literally called this out in their presentation. You can pick up the worst PC and still play top-rated games at 1080p, 4K, and then eventually when we get to... 8k as a mainstream thing to do you can stream that directly to that device which is pretty crazy especially because of the data that's going to be being that's being transferred you better hope that you have good connection either wi-fi connection or your landline in it in because that's that's going to be some serious data transfer going back and forth um but yeah and then they have a google controller i i didn't see if they had a name for it i'm sure they did uh, that looks very similar to like the PlayStation controller. And it's not something that does Bluetooth. That's not like their typical connection. It actually has like a Wi-Fi connection to their, it uses the Wi-Fi connection that you are using for yourself and connects to their data center and like controls to that specific hub. So you're directly into uh, the game itself and like playing in the response time is supposed to be better. And yeah, it's, it seems interesting. It seems way more in depth than the other streaming services out there that have already been in play within the last year or so. But, uh, it's just weird coming from a company that's not usually known for developing games or at least focusing on that kind of, uh, market. So it's going to be interesting. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. I think, um, there's been a lot of gaming streaming services out there, or at least attempts. Attempts, yeah. And the trouble we keep running into is that the U.S. infrastructure is not everything people think it is right now. Yeah. I think that in a lot of ways the infrastructure, and I'm talking specifically about ISPs Mm -hmm. giving you internet service. Right. So... A lot of people assume that everybody has broadband and that everybody has some kind of either fiber connection or at least cable connection. Yeah, more than and 25 megabits or megabytes. Yeah, sorry. exactly. And that's meg- just not the case. Is it megabits? <laughs> megabytes. I always get confused. It's megabits. Right. So when you're, they're calling it megabits, however, Steam is always great at making it super confusing yeah. because they quote their download speeds in megabytes. Yeah, it's horse. Um, Anyway, so it's it's hard because y- you have to have the infrastructure in place. So mm-hmm. let's assume that it is for a minute. Correct. Which it's not. I'm everywhere. a bad representation already, so that's why I'm yeah. going to ignore that. Yeah, right. And it's it's of course money to pay for the stream. Or I'm sorry for the ISP connection that is required. Yeah. Which I mean, I also have the correct connection for that. And right. wouldn't have a problem. Neither would I. But I'm also paying a bit more than I think the standard household. The other part of it is from the other end. So on one hand, you have 
ISPs, internet street, internet service providers. Oh my gosh, Josh. Hello. <laughs> internet service providers who are charging you a premium to provide you with the right kind of service in order to play a game system like this or play a uh, streaming service like this. Right. But on the back end, they're also charging you for overages and they have a cap. And the problems that I have heard with something like this is that, so, I mean, you have a low-end PC or a low-end Mac or just some a Mac kind in of general. small, <laughs> yeah, or just a Mac in general, some kind of um, inadequate system, if you will. Yeah. And then you go and you start playing, well, you're playing 100% streaming, as you just pointed out, six different times. Yeah. And that's eating away at the cap that you have per month. And the problem is that once you start talking about HD or 4K, yeah. the amount of data required to stream over your connection is pretty darn high. And I've Especially already 4K. started hearing... Yeah, exactly. And I've already started hearing stories about um, like kids who will play the streaming service and... You know, the parents sign up the kids thinking, okay, no problem, Saves we have money, the right yeah. connection. Yeah. And then suddenly they get this huge overage bill because the kids, you know, basically, without thinking about it, downloaded hundreds of terabytes of data because they were <laughs> streaming a video game over the internet. Yeah, and kids playing, having the free time to play that much. I mean, you hit your cap. Comcast specifically has a, what was it, one terabyte, two terabyte cap per month on uh, downloads that I don't know how many people actually pay attention to. I mean, you could easily, if you're streaming 4K, easily get oh, hit yeah. that within, I would say, what, 10 days? Maybe. Not even. If you're if you're a kid in the summer, it'll be way faster than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of scary. So we can, we can kind of tick off the, the challenges or obstacles to something like this, and this is why there's been a lot of trouble getting something like this started. Right. So you've got infrastructure, then you've got infrastructure caps. Then on top of that, you um, have to consider that if if you want to play a game over a service like this, if you want to be competitive, you won't be able to use something like this. So let's say you wanted to play online multiplayer. Yeah. You can play online multiplayer, but you're not going to be competitive. There's going to be the, latency. There's going to be lag. The reason, yeah, the reason for it is the latency. So you are adding a gigantic amount of latency to the game that you're playing. And you're just... So, so you're talking about the infrastructure, the cap, and the latency. And so now you've just sliced off a big chunk of what kind of games you can play. And over what kind of connection mm. and the money you'd need to spend. So, I mean, it's not impossible. And it is, of course, where the future is going, with, as with everything else. Yeah. Software as a service, gaming as a service, um, a service hardware now. as a service. Yeah, everything as a service. Everything in the cloud. Um, it's where it's going. It's just, it's not the, the parts that are underlying the technology aren't built yet or aren't standard yet or aren't ubiquitous yet so it's difficult it's a big challenge and i think google knows this and they have kind of started to try to tackle that in other areas of their business i mean you look at google fiber and that was so they can start insuring 
you know, connections for their own users. Yeah. Uh, Facebook does the same thing. They own a ton of fiber in the U.S. They bought it all up. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting problem to solve, and I'm not entirely sure that they solved any of them. Did they address any of that in the announcement? I didn't even read it. Uh, I didn't. I don't really know how much they addressed it, other than that they do have the infrastructure available, and it's better than everybody else is what the presentation came off as and i would probably agree but i'm sure it is they probably have a much better infrastructure set up than most of these streaming services even though the people who provide and i'm i hate to say it the people who provide the streaming service like playstation aren't usually aren't specifically i guess xbox is a better option sorry xbox has their streaming service but it's not a streaming service it's like netflix you could just buy a pay for a service or a fee a subscription and you get access to the games whereas like playstation or sony playstation has playstation now which actually directly streams but even though they have these infrastructures in place for xbox live and playstation what is the live equivalent of playstation again what's the uh, online service called i'm terrible because i don't remember playstation something <laughs> anyways it definitely has a marketing term and i just don't know what it is it was just sad because you know we you would have thought we put so much time into playing games so we would know this but anyways uh they would have some sort of infrastructure to handle the multiplayer the matchmaking i still still would say that google probably has a better setup to handle these uh 4k streams and eventually ridiculous 8k streams but i'm telling you right now even for someone who has played on a 4k monitor 5k monitor uh and seen people play like 4k is great but does it really add to your gameplay i mean 2k the difference between 2k and 4k and then 4k to 5k it starts to get really minimal and how close you are to that screen guys come on like you're not going to notice i tend to agree but anyways uh it's playstation now playstation there well that's service that's their service yeah well i thought hmm that's their online 750 plus games on demand no i'm talking about like their online service like xbox live what is it's it's called that's just playstation network psn Oh, oh okay that's what i was referring to sorry i should have been clear more no, no, you're fine. Well, anyways, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I'm with you. Like, I, I'm not looking for, of course, higher fidelity is always going to be great. Yeah, it makes it look nice, makes the graphics prettier. It's going to push the industry forward. Blah, blah. But I, I really, I'm with you. HD is good enough right now oh, yeah. for me. I'm not seeing anything about 4K, even though it's pretty. That's making me feel like I have to have it, and that I need to spend you know, upwards of $3,000 or upwards of $1,000 in order to achieve that. So I don't know. It's an interesting non-problem to non-solve. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, if we start moving towards this in the future, as and this becomes more of a mainstream thing, I... Which I don't think it'll take over, and that's this is the real thing. Is like, is it going to take over console gaming? Is it going to take over place like uh, PC gaming? It won't, because first of all, esports. You just made you made a comment about how if you wanted to be competitive and play multiplayer, there's no way in heck you'll be doing this for the next. Oh yeah, for sure not. Um, ten years. There's no way. So the direct 
access to a console or a PC that can handle gaming, that's going to still continue to be the main platform. But you're now opening this up to people who may not want to purchase that, but which is still kind of funny in the aspect of you're going to almost pay that a month or pay that amount in a year because you're paying well, yeah, exactly. a subscription fee. So uh, it's just this it seems enticing i I mean playstation now is like 20 bucks a month um other services like xbox game pass has ten dollars a month and you get access to all those extra games there's origin access which a lot of people use for um anthem i know a couple people that purchased uh the subscription service for origin access just to play anthem because they didn't want to drop the you know sixty dollars on a game they were afraid it was going to suck so well, yeah, you get to try it out, and then at the end say no thanks, I'm good. Exactly, I'm done. Um, but I don't know. But what's funny is as I was researching, there, have you ever heard of Jump? J- jump, uh, not, not like the act of jumping. <laughs> no, yes, thank you, thank you, Captain yes. Obvious here. Thank you, Doctor Fry. You're welcome. Yes, uh, jump as in it's a jump. Game I guess not. Service. Okay, so I found a through researching and it's meant for independent developers so independent games aka well i wouldn't call them indie games because that's not necessarily 100 percent true but independent developers uh it, it it's f- like five dollars a month you get access to all these games and that's they what get, indie games are whatever anyways to me it okay. feels different like, indie games is a is a genre independent developers is not a genre it's a group of okay i'm, I'm losing this battle already i see it you are because this is the problem that people have is that they think it's a genre but it's actually that's the point is that they are independent in they are independent developers separate from the main gigantic studios yeah. that you know whatever so they don't get published by a big studio they develop and publish their own work yeah anyways grandpa josh is right uh jump is five dollars a month. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Jump is five dollars, and you get access to these indie games. There you go, and the developers get a bigger cut than they would uh, if they were to went to like any of the other streaming services. So it's really supposed to get the names out there to show them, hey, look at these great games that are being developed by these independent developers, uh, and it's relatively cheap. So um, that's kind of cool. I like that idea. It's five dollars a month. It's almost like if you were to pay five dollars for a humble bundle a month, and you get uh, like access to these games and some of them are not triple a but pretty high up there like they're pretty big games um so yeah i don't think i'm going to go with a streaming service i think really to me xbox has a xbox and like origin have a better idea of the process where you make it like a netflix service and you pay ten dollars a month or whatever it is and get access to uh more games and games that maybe you would have never paid $60 for, but still want to try out. I think that's like a better opportunity. Well, the, the interesting thing about this is to take take myself out of myself for a minute and kind of open my own perspective up a bit. Yeah. If you consider the fact that... If you consider the fact that mobile games are on the rise, that tells me without really knowing enough, Mm -hmm. that tells me that there are a lot of casual gamers. And I know that term gets a lot of flack and 
some for some people means a different thing. Yeah. What I mean by that is people who just want to play a really simple or maybe straightforward game that they can jump into and jump back out of and not really it's not like a heavy hardcore game that takes a lot of brain power or skill. It's just something that you know you can bide your time with and then step away from. And mobile games have really tapped into that market that really beforehand was something that I would say the industry didn't even really know about or consider. And mobile has turned that into a market almost overnight, and overnight being, you know, a decade. But still, uh, that's become basically an entire game market where game makers are making a lot more money. And if you consider that as a market that something like this service could address, and this is where I think that question of infrastructure and what's your average household and what kind of infrastructure or um, ISP service that that household is getting. If you have those numbers and it's it's at the right level, whatever that level is going to be, you might be able to tap into that because you're talking about people who aren't like you and I, and yeah. you know, I'm putting you and I in the same category for a minute, uh, where we we would want to play more games and play harder games and more involved games or or games that are triple A as they say. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe these people do want to play triple A games. Maybe they do want to play more casual games. Maybe they maybe they want to play independent games, but their time playing a game is lower where they are not going to get as involved. And if you have this relationship to gaming where you kind of fall in and out of it and just want to engage when you feel like it. And it's never going to be a huge amount of time per week or per month. Yeah. yeah why not? You yeah. pay for the service. Maybe next month you don't. Yeah. Maybe the month after that you do, yeah. you get a little bit of game time and you're done. And that could be a larger market just based on like the mobile market being what it is. That could be a larger market. And maybe Google knows something that, uh, you know, you and I don't. Yeah. And, this is something that you and I always debate. You have more skin in the game than I do. Cause I, no pun intended. Uh, I just really never got into mobile gaming and it's hard to separate my, my understanding of what ga- video games are and the, the, and how to play them. I just don't, <laughs> I just don't think about it. Like I'm going to take my iPad out or my phone and I'm going to play uh, Kotor or, you know, KOTOR or I'm going to play civilization on my phone or iPad. I just, it's like a new concept for me, regardless of, uh, which I actually, now that I think about it, I find it funny how you're more mobile than I am, but it's it's more of like my generation's thing to get into the mobile gaming and the... Well, but see, you have to kind of, you have to bring up the nuance to that. And that is that when I mobile game, mm-hmm. if you're calling it that, sure, like let's say I pull my iPad out and I'm going to play a game. When I pull my iPad out, my idea of playing a mobile game is basically playing a console-level game on my iPad. Like, I'm looking for a deep gaming experience on my iPad. I'm looking to grab a game that maybe was originally on console, or maybe originally came out on the PC, or maybe is an extension of a console or PC game. Whereas, I think the generation of people, which we're being too general about, but we should talk about it anyway so that we don't have to get into crazy definitions yeah who do quote mobile game end quote they're actually playing games developed for mobile that are a different class of game i'm looking for a deeper experience and 
my iPad or my iPhone because it becomes an extension of the way I like to play games and gives me the chance to maybe experience some of those games from something that's in my pocket or from something that's in my bag without having to own yet another game system. So I think a great example is Final Fantasy VII. That's one of my all-time favorite games. Being able to play it on my iPad or my iPhone is, I mean, and I don't really play it on my iPhone, but being able to pull out my iPad and play that game is incredible to me. Like, that's a console game with 80 hours of content and just amazing. And I think when you talk about mobile gamers, that's not what they're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, They're talking about threes or they're talking about chess or words with friends or things like that. Yeah, I I get that. I had a, uh, when we were talking back and forth about mobile gaming, I had a topic I wanted to talk to you about. Now it, it now it is, this, oh, yes, Gamefly. So this oh, whole- Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that up too because you were mentioning, you know, some the of Netflix. the services, so go on. Yeah, so I find this funny because I feel like Gamefly, which came, has always been there. It has been there since even Netflix- when Netflix was still doing the CD, and I guess I think they still do that, where you can get the three CD Yeah, they subscription. do, actually. That's kind of weird to think about. Yeah, and so Gamefly was this first attempt at having a service where you can rent games or select games that you wanted to play, paying a monthly subscription, and you can hold on to them as long as you want, and you can play them. And a lot of people were utilizing this to just that was something they like to do is that they play through all these games as much as they can. Like they, I think about it more of like a completionist or somebody who wants to expose themselves to um, several games as much as, as fast as they can, or as, as much as they can without breaking the bank, without paying $60 every single time. And I, I wonder if they just came in at the wrong time. I don't know if it's still a service. I, I haven't looked yeah, it's into still out it. There. Um, that's cool. And I, I wonder if that is still CDs rather than like a digital renting. But uh, And that's a whole gray area because how would you do DRM free for Xbox and PlayStation? I don't think that's really well, you, no, possible. You, you can't. So interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely out there. I had some friends who subscribed for the longest time and actually loved the service. Um and the other part that they used to do as well, they'd subscribe to the service, play the games they wanted to play when they wanted to play and blah de blah But they would also purchase the used games because they were always super cheap as well. So, I don't know. It's, to me, I always thought about the fact that I would be playing a lot of, so if I purchased a game, especially on sale, I'd be playing a lot of that game and not have to worry about you know, returning it. So to me, the value wasn't there. Mm -hmm. But again, it's a different type of gamer. If you're just looking to get in and get out on a game and play the latest games all the time and not really worry about completing, like you mentioned, a completionist, it's it's harder, I would say, maybe. Um, Maybe this is the service for you. I don't know. Interesting. You know, Josh, I just got an email that's concerning. We'll have to talk about later. Uh, okay. Okay. Is it something that we need to discuss here? Uh, no, it's about the podcast. Oh, all right. Uh, um, guess we'll find out. So yeah, that's, hopefully we're still in business. Yeah, we're still in business, but it's a weird <laughs> kind of business. So this is going to play out very oddly. I guess we'll find out. 
Uh, Speaking of which, I I want to bring something up 47 minutes into episode four. Yeah, uh, and that is that we fully intended on releasing all ah, of our yes. episodes <laughs> uh, every week. We want to publish this podcast once a week, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of technical difficulties and learning opportunities, I will say, yes, have caused us to kind of have to release. At least the first four, and maybe depending on this email that you're talking about, yeah. maybe the uh, first five episodes of our uh, podcast at the same time. So, kind of a weird release, and um, you know, I won't apologize because it's not like it doesn't really matter, but uh, it's it's kind of weird, and you know, enjoy all the content at one time. <laughs> yeah, we certainly didn't intend that for this to happen and to you would have thought after going through a podcast the first time that we would have just stuck with what we knew and maybe we should have but uh that process was not used this time and um yeah i, I don't want to throw dirt out at any other particular nah, company so i'm not going to but uh we're we hopefully by this time it's released we've resolved the issue and you're now listening to a nice little you know packaged deal of four episodes that you can listen to uh but we plan on releasing our episodes every sunday um so we'll do a weekly podcast you'll receive a new episode every sunday uh and we hope to really just kind of engage in i think a lot of the current topics that are going on but a lot of questions that you and i always end up talking about with the love that we have for video games and the conversations we have walking to you know walking around or just in the spur of the moment. So we figured since we referenced it so much on the last podcast, the digital divide, yeah, right? we were like, well, we made these jokes like, Hey, why don't we just do a, a podcast about games? And we were like, ha 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 ha. But really we were like, we should really do that. It makes more sense. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, here we are. And I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I, I know Josh is, but, uh, it's, it's nice to talk about video games in a different type of medium. And, uh, kind of bounce ideas off of Josh because while we do have similar views on certain things, uh, I feel like Josh gives me a different perspective that I'm not typically used likewise, to. Likewise, likewise, used to you know uh, uh, listening to <laughs> or uh, <laughs> understanding, and I just thrown on the wayside. And you came in through a, a I would think a way cooler uh, upbringing for video games, and I kind of envy that. I would have loved to been a fly on the wall for. Uh, even the earlier games before your time of like when Pong came out and and like Galaga when that first hit, man, I would have loved to have been there. That'd have been so cool. Yeah, I I do count myself fortunate that I kind of waltzed through a really important time in games and really when they started being taken more seriously and became yeah. a mainstream thing. Um, but even growing up, not that long ago. <laughs> when I was a kid, it still was a little bit out there. Not everybody was into it, and it wasn't as mainstream as it is even today. So, yeah, I agree and consider my upbringing kind of a, a special thing and consider myself fortunate in that regard. But that said, I mean, think about the fact that your first owned game system, game console, I should say, was an N64, and you had Ocarina of Time as your first Zelda Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Holy cow. What a titan of a game. That game is amazing. Yeah. So. And it's pretty crazy. Uh, I do want to point out real quick, since we're already breaking the fourth wall, 
that Boom. if you have any suggestions, comments, feedback, go ahead and drop us a line on Twitter. We do have a Twitter account for the show. Yes. Uh, whenever we actually get this released to people at some point and you're listening to this someday, uh, feel free to drop us a line on Twitter anytime about any of our shows. And we'd love to kind of bring that up on the podcast as well. I love feedback like that. So that'd yeah. be awesome too. I think we're also going to, and I know I kind of threw this at Josh not too long ago, but we want to include more things into our podcast. So we will hopefully have some quote guests, I'll call them. Uh, they may or not be our some of our friends, but some people also in the industry, hopefully. I'd like to start getting some sort of uh, meat and potatoes in here too, uh, to line uh, some of the... Uh, content that we have uh, so that's not just always josh and i talking but we get other perspectives but also uh kind of bring in some new uh caveats and avenues that we haven't really gone into from the previous podcast so i'm excited this is yeah. a lot of fun um same i want to also and we're just doing you know call outs now so we'll break the fifth dimension uh <laughs> josh if anyone's wondering that and i hope he's okay with me doing this because i never really passed this by him um, that artwork, the album artwork that you're looking at was, was drawn by yours truly, Josh. And, and it is amazing. I, this, this man lies to us and says, I'm okay. He's like, he's, I'm, it's relatively okay. But he just whipped this up and I, I was blown away when I saw it. It's just a cool design. It, I think it means more to us because it's something that you've created. I think it feels more tangible it's more of a, like more skin in the game and it's really cool. And I, I hope to pawn Josh off and have him write, some, make some, maybe some random out, you know, cover arts whenever we have certain topics come up. I think he'd <laughs> enjoy that. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, I w I'm, I am of course not satisfied with that cover art. Oh it will gosh. be changed in the future, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as like any, pretend artist would say uh i'm not satisfied with it but still i appreciate that and um it was fun to, to draw it up with my first apple pencil ever Ooh. so uh, i was excited by that and uh hopefully cooler art will be coming in the future as well as we kind of potentially put up other covers for topics like you mentioned i think that's a cool idea yeah do you have uh is this gonna be one of those episodes where we 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 like hit under the hour mark Cause I don't, do you have anything oh, else you wanted sure. to yeah. chat about? No, I mean, um, I don't want to open a whole can of worms on anything else at this moment because I feel like we could go on another hour or two. Oh yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it's not something that we want to open up just yet. So there's a couple other topics I think that are, deserve a full podcast oh, yeah. by themselves at least, and maybe potentially more after that and and we should probably revisit this as well as stadia is is what it's called right yeah is it, as it becomes more as it becomes used and reviewed and um there's becomes more experience thing. with it and it actually is released i think we should maybe revisit it and see how's it doing what's the growth you know part of the business are they actually making a business out of it is it something that seems like it's tangible and feasible like right. is it How's it going? So yeah. yeah, we should probably revisit it because it's it's new. It's a newer thing, and um, as you mentioned, and I mentioned that other services and providers have failed. So yeah, I don't know what Google thinks they have that other people don't, other than being Google, and maybe that will be enough. 
Yeah, I'm just waiting for Facebook to announce something about Facebook Gaming, which I know oh, they're going to. And I just cannot wait for the bleep show that's about to happen. Uh, and people, how actually they spin this off of being something that's uh, that'll actually take off and go somewhere. One of the comments I was looking at the uh, Google Stadia was um, somebody made a comment on the one of the videos saying, "Yeah, great. Now uh, I can pay Google more money and have them steal my data, and maybe I'll get a discount for it." So. Uh, it's just one of those things where there's always trolls out there that are just saying the things that the darndest things. So we'll see. Well, I, I could easily see Facebook doing something like that. I mentioned already, they own so much U S infrastructure. It's incredible. I don't think a lot of people know that about them. And then on top of that, they, as you know, bought Oculus a long time ago. Uh And I don't feel like they're doing anything crazy with that. That They bought it and then it just kind of stagnated and I don't know. Who knows? We will have to see. I'm I'm good. We can call it. All right. Well, I'm calling it then. Called. Done. Bye. Bye.